Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Welcome, welcome. We are back in the studio finally. Woo-hoo! It's been a little while, hasn't it, guys? It, it has been. Yeah, we're uh, coming back from the 2019 ABC conference called the Council Conference. It's a uh, great conference. It was mm-hmm. a fantastic conference. We had a lot of great, uh, great podcast times with um, some really great people and some really good topics. And we hope you've enjoyed them. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I just wish it wasn't an annual conference. We need to have more conferences. That was really fun. So mm-hmm. we got to figure that out. Lots what do you fun. think? Yeah. Yeah, we need maybe? to do something maybe okay. in the fall. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. Anyway, that yeah. was just a little plug there. So, Shauna, how are you? I'm good. I'm tired today. I don't know what's going on, man, but I'm here. I'm excited to get in the Word. Yeah. Talk about the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Jeremy, you just came off of vacation. Yeah, relaxed. Wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the uh, Hilton Heads Island. Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. We missed that last year when we went We were going to go there. It was like an extra hour drive, and we ended up not not doing that. We should have, though. because that's where, That's where your family goes every year, right? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Yes. We went to Charleston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great river. place too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very, very interesting. I think we went at a time of the year where the beach wasn't so great, maybe. It was a lot of dirt in the water oh. and it just really didn't, it wasn't inviting for swimming, mm. but it was obviously very pretty. Yes. But I heard the Hilton Head is like- Gorgeous. Be- yeah, gorgeous. Yes. That's awesome. It's a great place. Yeah. yeah, your Facebook video, you were doing a little ride there. Mm-hmm. Oh, the bike ride? Little bike ride. Yeah, how long was that? A few miles? Yeah, just several the miles. Coast. They have lots of different bike paths and the family. We've been doing that for years. So, what do you think he's just going to say? We went around the corner. <laughs> it was well, like, it's just like, I mean, was it like a half a day? Oh, event? we did 10 like, miles. The kids like, Not really, our Dad, family. can we stop? Yeah. Like, are, we, are we done? Or no, like, it's, about, it's about an hour. Okay. Yeah. And then you drop the bikes off and then head to the beach. There you go. Yeah. Are you, are you asking those questions because you think we're going to do that in Utah this year? <laughs> I don't think that's really. No, that's going to be more like mountain biking. That's fun too. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Matter you fact, and you and Dustin do that and me and Jackson will just kind of hang out and swim yeah. at the river. Uh, well, I have a refreshing sound for that. Uh, like when we go to Utah. Please don't do this. <laughs> that was really bad. That was not, that was refreshing. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Oh, it's in the podcast. <laughs> that just happened. Anyways, um, what's yeah. the topic for today? Um, well, we are going to be finishing our uh, series, God in Counseling. Uh, and this is part three. Uh, we had covered God, the Father in Counseling, and Christ, the Son in Counseling uh, as our Redeemer. Uh, so to kind of follow the thought was what, the father had purposed Christ accomplished. And it's because of what Christ accomplished, the Holy spirit is now applying. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, uh, the, we're going to kind of talk about the personal work of the Holy spirit. And then as a result of the personal work of the Holy spirit, what does that look like in the counseling room uh, with our counselees? And how does, how does change actually happen? Cause obviously people are coming in uh, for counseling, excuse me, to, find change. Um, and oftentimes, uh, and Jeremy uh, mentions this in his book, which is where we're going to be drawing a lot of this information from is they're wanting some sort of behavioral change, like some sort of modification, uh, versus realizing it's, it's a heart problem. 
And it's uh, the Holy Spirit is in the business of changing hearts, not behavioral modifications. And mm-hmm. so that's really kind of the rootedness of what we're going to be focusing on today. And then how can we apply that to the local church? Um, just as in, you know, one anothering uh, in our conversations with each other uh, when it comes to the family, friends, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So. I like how you said that because, you know, in in counseling, it is this whole stigma to where we have a problem in our life. And so how do I fix it? And so they come to us in a way of Mm -hmm. that's their expectation from the counseling session. And that's so hard. Like, how do you break down those barriers to realize like this isn't a problem solution based, but more so, um, you know, maybe maybe kind of setting the tone for the churches and the counselors out there, like the motive and the goal behind a counseling session right. where obviously the Holy Spirit is a huge part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so Jeremy was going to start with uh, reading a particular verse to kind of just get the posture going for our discussion. Yeah. So I, I just want to add this before I read this passage. You know, I get the, the question asked of me a lot by people. Uh, how do you sit with folks for eight hours and get into some messy situations and see the devastations of the fallen world and broken lives and it not uh, just weigh on you when you walk out of the office? Totally. Right. And you guys, I'm sure it can uh, resonate with that. Yep. And I'd like to say I walk out of the office and and it doesn't affect me at all, but uh, it something that is for the last... 20 years since I've been doing this, the thing that keeps me going, the thing that doesn't just cause me to throw my hands up in a, in a place of despair as I see God's people struggling with right. some really tough things mm-hmm. is the knowledge that it's the Holy Spirit who is more committed to this process and to this individual, if they're Christians, than I am. So in other words, when I walk out of there, I don't have to take on the responsibility of having the power to transform a human being because the great counselor is in that process, in that office, in that session with me doing precisely exactly what he is intending to Mm -hmm. do and on his own timetable. Mm. And so I think a passage. Praise the Lord, by the way, right? That's right. Okay. I just love that because it's like we, we can go in there with so much expectations of like, or even ourselves put our own expectations of mm-hmm. what we should be doing and then leaving with the weight of what they're going through and wanting to say, Hey, could I have done more? Yes. But it's so much, it's about just being obedient in that moment, in that session and, and, mm-hmm. and having that confidence in the Lord that he's at work. Yes. Yeah. I think it's very important for us who are involved in biblical care and discipleship to always remember, because when we're working with folks, sometimes the the process of change is two steps forward, three steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. Not always, but very mm-hmm. often when you're dealing yeah. with really critical situations. And for us to humble ourselves to the reality that this process is on the timetable of one person, and that's God. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring about change in individual hearts and lives at the precise time he intended before the foundations of the world. Um, so I think a, a, just a great passage to be reminded of his presence and the fact that we're not in this as lone rangers and, and experts that are called to, to know all the answers and, right. and do everything right. Um, we have the, the helper with us, uh, John 14 verses 16 uh, through 17 says this, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, 
even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Mm. Such encouraging words. And what's what's even more encouraging with that, you know, just to kind of get into the context of the counseling room, um, to to what you also allude to in your book as well, is that oftentimes we get focused on a methodology. Mm. And he is the methodology. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. he, so it's in his timing. He's the one that's bringing about that change. Um, and oftentimes we can get pretty, um, pretty convinced of our own methods mm-hmm. and how we can bring about change, even though we are the instruments that, you know, he's choosing to use to, to help this person and the Holy Spirit's using that to accomplish what he wants. But oftentimes we kind of get that idea that, okay, this is happening and we get convinced that somehow it's in my methodology versus no, this is the work of the spirit. Yes. And we, it's good to be reminded of that. Absolutely. That's good. Well, and to remind the counselee of that too. Right. Yeah. Cause they can put so much hope on you're the counselor. You're the one that has the spiritual wisdom Fix and the me. guidance. Yeah. Here's what's going on. Just tell me what to do. And, um, you know, obviously I've had so many sessions with that where the women's come, you know, the woman comes and she explains their situation. It's like, okay, now tell me, tell me what to do in the next mm-hmm. steps. And it's always about the horizontal and the, you know, what's going on in my life and and tell me what the next steps are and what I need to do. I think I've already said that twice. So anyway, um, but the, so the, so the thought is, is saying it's not about that. It's about me encouraging them to go to the, the mighty counselor, right. Mm-hmm. And, and getting wisdom and, and discernment from that. So their direction is not only given in the 45 minute counseling room, but it's something that they can cling to, to the all knowing, all powerful God and always have that wisdom and discernment with them. Yeah, that's good. Um, So with all of that, we wanted to kind of high center really quickly on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Mm. Um, So there was some, some points in Jeremy's book and I'll put this in the show notes um, but on page 122, um, the, the main point of this, as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned, is he's our comforter and our counselor. He is the great counselor. He's the one that rots the change in our hearts. And so just to talk about who he is, uh, you know, theologically speaking, um, the third person of the Trinity, um, which Jeremy, you read that verse earlier, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And um, that was Jesus talking to his disciples, um, basically promising them what was to come. And now we are here. We are the three of us with the reality of that promise because mm. the Holy Spirit is in us. And so what is he doing? Well, uh, Jeremy, on page 122 of your book um, and just kind of uh, in, in and I'll say the scripture references as well, but he regenerates God's people. John three, five and Titus three, five. He produces conviction of sin. John 16, eight. He reveals truth through God's word. John 16, 13. And then this is a really good one. He nurtures a believer's heart with the love of the Father, Romans 5, 5. Also, he helps believers in their weakness by interceding in prayer on their behalf. And that's Romans 8, 26 and 27. And all of these are just bullet points. And there's several of these and we could uh, we, we could definitely tackle more. Um, but something that, um, that, that I found uh, just really interesting in this book on page 122 as well, as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned, is you make a statement in here, um, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, of course, has claimed the terrain of human flourishing. Mm-hmm. That The implication of that statement is obviously life-changing 
But now we zoom in in the context of counseling and then just one anothering as believers. And so now that we're just kind of identifying who he is and what he does, um, Jeremy, what would you say in just kind of like in the counseling room and then what Shauna even alluded to earlier is for the counselee and then for the counselor. And that's the beautiful thing about biblical counseling. So let me just say that really quick. A commercial break there is that's what separates us from, let's say, a licensed professional counselor, not hating on that line of work. But the beautiful thing is, is the very counsel, we've said this before in the show, but the very counsel that we're giving others is the same counsel that we're to live by. Absolutely. So in other words, we're being changed by the very change that we're bringing mm-hmm. to the counselee. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. thoughts. So the idea of, of him uh, claiming the terrain of human flourishing, you know, that I think it requires us to actually define what is flourishing? What yeah. is human flourishing? Yeah, because that's good. the culture has its own perspective of human flourishing. And part of that is, um, you know, it, from a secular standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, higher self-esteem, uh, less emotional turmoil, less anxiety, less depression. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, at least as I understand it from Scripture, has a very, um, uh, very particular uh, trajectory when it comes to human flourishing. And that is found in Romans 8, mm-hmm. 28 and 29, when, it, uh, when we read that Paul uh, says that all things are being used for a greater good. And I think that greater good is human flourishing. And sometimes in the Christian community, we allow that good to be an arbitrary thing. Like yeah. God's going to bring something good out of this bad thing, but we don't know what the good is. When in actuality, verse 29 tells us exactly what the good is. And it's that we would be conformed into the very image of Christ. Yeah, he qualifies that good. That's correct. Because most people, and you you mentioned it a moment ago, what you were saying is the way that we render good in our minds, we interpret that as maximize pleasure, minimize pain. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's a good he, life. You know what I mean? That good life. And that's, that's not at all. Um, And I've heard it said, and it's, I mean, it's in several books, but God's not necessarily concerned with our happiness. He's concerned with their holiness. And that's, that's the process of being made in the image of the son. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's that's a good, good word. Good thoughts. Um, Shauna, do you have any thoughts? No, actually I don't. I think, I think, um, no, I don't. No, no thoughts. Okay. Um, I just know in, in, in counseling and just something I want to, I want to share. And I, I think it's apropos to what we're saying is God typically uses three change agents and I'm going to be sharing this tomorrow um, in our workshop, but typically uses three change agents, people and circumstances, which are external. And mm-hmm. those are we're, like, we're receiving that passively. Um, that's just going to happen. It's outside of our control. And the third thing that God uses is, spiritual disciplines and in growing. And, 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 and I think you, you allude to this a little bit here and there in, in certain contexts in, in this chapter. Um, but part of when I say alluding to it, it's more in, the, in line of God speaks through his word, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So the Holy spirit applies the word of God to our hearts and washes us in that word and change, you know, that's the process of changing our affections yes. into his will, that sort of thing. And so that's kind of what I press into when, you know, when in, in counseling, uh, because I know I'm being changed by the very same thing is when I'm, when I'm dealing with men uh, that I counsel is helping them realize the, the importance and urgency in spending time in God's word, because if they're not spending time in God's word, it's just not going to happen by osmosis. Mm-hmm. 
Um, That's right. And and the, some of the verses that we kind of went through in terms of who the Spirit is and how He works. Well, He applies the Word of God, which is why we're called to be in the Word. Um, and that's, that's a huge part in, in, you know, in what we do as far as counselors and giving homework to our counselees and helping them develop really those spiritual disciplines. Yes. Cause they're typically coming in here because of their circumstance. So it's like the two of the three are happening in their lives. They just don't realize why. Mm-hmm. And so they haven't connected those dots. And so it's like, we start meeting them with the spiritual disciplines to help them rightly interpret the circumstance and the people in their life to see how God's working yeah. in their life. Right. So anyway, just a, spirit. yeah, just, just, a, just a thought on that. I'd love to ask you guys something. So going back to that whole idea of, of we equate human flourishing and, and I guess we could use the word mental health yep. with becoming more like Christ. What are your, I mean, unpack that a little bit more. Why do, why do we, why is it human flourishing to be conformed into the very image of Jesus? So my first response would be a theological response, I guess. Okay. Uh, and the human flourishing, the idea, you know, um, because we're, we come into this, this world um, as the first Adam, right? Um, completely naked, uh, born into sin, um, the opposite of the flourishing that God had in mind. And then coming to Christ, the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, becoming a new creation, being of the second Adam. Now, all of a sudden, the human flourishing is about me being more acquainted with the likeness of Christ, the second Adam. And I won't technically fully realize that until the second and in, 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 in the life to come, but realizing this is t- today, this life is the training ground for what's to come. Mm. So the flourishing is the training today so that I'm actually, it's actualized and realized then. So the flourishing is a process now. It's not enjoying now there's benefits and I'm experiencing some of those benefits. Like I can, I can worship God in such a way that it, it, my heart is completely rendered to him and for him. And now I feel like I have purpose. And so the idea of flourishing is recognizing purpose. Um, and then in walking in that and, and realizing that I'm being flourished, that God is flourishing me. Mm. It's just an immediate thought, just, you know, theologically speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, so. So I, I don't know if it's just me, but, you know, I'm, I'm Googling the word flourished, you know, and to just to look at the dictionary to see what does this actually mean, you know, or how are they defining it right now? And, um, and it talks about a period of thriving or um, to be in a state of activity or production to achieve success. Um, mm. And so, you know, the, the whole thriving and um, flourishing, it's, it's almost like, again, this problem, what's the solution? Or I'm going to get to a certain point in my life where, okay, I've achieved it, I've reached success, and now I just get to live in light of that. And I just don't see that as really... Um, to me, how I live life just in general, whether it's just with me or how I want to encourage women, um, that I get to disciple because it's, it's never about like particular reaching a place here in the world, because this is a temporal state to me, it's always about being eternally focused and where I'm going in my glorified state. And what am I doing in light of that today? And so 
you know, there's obviously times I've, I've shared on previous podcasts just about my struggle with depression and anxiety. And so sometimes it's just, you know, being laser focused on not necessarily flourishing in today, but more so how am I being dependent on the spirit in a way that, um, I'm, I'm being faithful and fruitful with the assignment that God has given me in this moment of this day. And so I think today in, in the culture, and I think, you know, we kind of, somewhat mentioned this already in our discussion of, um, this best life and the success or the thriving has to look a particular way in the world is not to me what I see defined in the scripture and, and being dependent on the Holy spirit might not be, this is a great day, right? Mm -hmm. Even my feelings might not match with what my even life looks like. You could have everything of the world and still be in a deep sadness physically. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. And so then it's just more about, um, Thankfully, in what you read in the scripture is that the Holy Spirit intercedes for you and he is praying for you and helping you, you know, um, really live out the word and um, know that this is the truth. And so he is the one who is the giver of life and gives us that discernment. And so there's so many things that I think we're doing today that we're making our own effort. Like we've got to do this or I've got to try better or do this better. And so um I don't know. So That's I think good. that when I was hearing you guys talk, that was something that was on my mind in a way of, I don't want certain words or the terminologies that we use, encourage someone to try to achieve something here in the world. So Does that make sense? It makes I mean, great sense because we would define that word flourishing in a very different way. Yeah. I'd like, I would encourage uh, our listeners to go to christiancounseling.com. Mm -hmm. I, I want to show them an a, an image, a video of human flourishing. Okay. On ChristianCounseling.com's homepage, we have a video of Johnny Erickson Tata. Yep. Yes. Came From to 2017, ABC. Yes. And I remember that. Yes. And during that, during her very talk on several occasions, she could not breathe. Yep. She was having trouble breathing and her husband had to come up and, and basically help her her lungs start functioning again. Right. It was to me a very scary moment. And her humility and like, like at like the thinking the audience for the patients and yes. everybody's like, to your point, like looking like, Oh my gosh, what's happening right now. So you see this woman who's yeah. in a wheelchair. Yep. Uh, a lot of people would be so humiliated by what's going on. She was humbled. She exalted her message through her struggle. Uh, and what I saw there is someone I would love to be like Johnny Erickson in my spiritual life. She is a woman whose circumstances are profoundly difficult. And by the way, we need to be praying for her because she's battling cancer again. Mm -hmm. um, but when I look at her and when I look at that video and it's, it's a lot of suffering, but you see this human who has been equipped by the spirit of God. It's the spirit that gives her that humility. It's the spirit that gives her affections to glorify God in her suffering and to be able to say with confidence, I mean, this is the Holy Spirit could only do this in a human heart for her to say uh, in, in some regard, she's grateful for that wheelchair because she knows that God uses things he hates to accomplish that, which he most loves. I love that quote by her. So I've good. used that so many, so many times. times. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about flourishing, yes, it's going to look very, very different mm -hmm. than your best life now kind mm -hmm. of things that we hear in our culture. Yeah. And I think that quote was from uh, When God Weeps, that book. Because mm. yeah. I've That's a great book. book. Yeah, because I've I've referenced that to so typically because I've had a couple people, one person to that very point, Jeremy, that's a good point. Um somebody that I've counseled, um, their suffering is is off the charts as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um on a Johnny level. Right. Wow. Um, 
and, and not just going to the book of Job, but to me, she's like a modern day Job in the sense of suffering, but the level of her humility in that and through that. Um, and that's the strength that only the Holy spirit can give, mm. uh, which goes back to even what you were saying, Sean, and that idea of thriving and flourishing the flesh always gets nearsighted with that terminology and it placates to the flesh mm. all the time. That's yes. its focus that's right. all the time is how can I flourish and maximize here and now when the spiritual flourishing is growing in, in, in godliness and growing in, in my, in my knowledge and grace of God, mm-hmm. um, two completely same definition applied differently. Mm. Yes. And that's, and again, that, that even goes back to Romans seven and excuse me, Romans eight with, um, um Paul having that dilemma of the wrestle within, mm-hmm. um, and fighting those two natures, uh, within. And, and, and that's really what's beautiful about this particular conversation about the Holy spirit, because the Holy spirit is, pursuing and pushing us and, and, and pressing into, um, our hearts in the, in the spirit, because technically we've already died to the flesh. It doesn't, it doesn't have power. Now it may remain, but it doesn't have the power that it did. Correct. So oftentimes in the context of counseling, we're like helping our people remember the reality and truth of that. Mm. Um, you know, Mm. and that, that becomes, so, um, in, in a sense, if, if we're taking the flourishing idea, spiritually speaking, that's what we're applying. We're trying to help them understand and, and, and gain uh, the realization of the flourishing and the spiritual side. Yes. And because that's already what the Holy Spirit's at work doing. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm so thankful for the Lord using Johnny to uh, be a model for us and, and what that looks like and, and being dependent and humble um, in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, where my encouragement is for those who are listening today, some of us might not have um, a story as uh, or a platform as large as, as Johnny's. And here's one of the things I hear is people want to share their testimony after the storm is over per se. So they want to do the testimony video where you'll watch a testimony video and they'll talk about their dark place in the video. And then, Hey, here's what the Lord's doing. Mm-hmm. Love that. Those are great. However, not during, right. I think we're doing a disservice in communicating what we're going through in the time that we're going through. So the person who is watching that video is getting one level of glorifying the Lord and what the Lord has done in their life. But there were people who walked with the person on that video in the dark times that they were very vocal with, of this is what I'm going through. Yes. Right. And those people, when they watch the video, they have a whole nother uh, praise that, I mean, a whole nother level of praising the Lord and glorifying and, and the Lord being glorified because they saw it, right. Mm-hmm. They, they saw and walked with the uh, family or the people that they were going through. Yes. So, um, good. so what, what's happening and in, in where I want to encourage people is not to wait until they feel like there's a light after the storm to mm-hmm. communicate. And I think as Christians in the church, we get so nervous to talk about what we're struggling with and we hold it in or hide it because we think it should look a certain way. And I think Paul actually, uh, Paul Tripp alluded to this when we were talking in his suffering podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and, and do that in a way that we need to be very open and communicate the things that we're walking through. And how many times have you been in a room where you're transparent about what you're going through? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden other yes. people just start releasing. And so if you're the person that has to be the first one to do that, please do it because we need to be more authentic in the church and we need to encourage that transparency in the church. Um, and in that we're 
we're glorifying the Lord through it. Like it's okay that yeah. we're struggling with this because the Lord is, is here and the Holy spirit, like you said, Jeremy is working for us and interceding for us. And so when we know the power of the Holy spirit, what the Holy spirit's doing, his role, that he is, um, what it, he's our advocate, he's our helper, our guide, um, as you're seeing in, in John and continue to read you, you read John, um, what was it? 14, mm-hmm. um, you know, go through, you know, through 15, 16, you get, to, you get to read more about what the Holy Spirit's role and what he's doing in your life. When you know that truth, you can live differently according to it because you realize like you're not on your own. It's not about you fixing it or yes. even about what your, your friend is doing, but more so what, the spirit is doing within you. You know what I mean? So like, let your testimony be in the dark place, not just when the light comes. Not after the test, but during the test. Yeah. And I think that's where you're saying Johnny modeled the flourishing for us. Yes. And there's another, there's another great, like real time example going on right now. Uh, If if you want to go Mm -hmm. to uh, Mm CCEF.org and look at David Pallison's updates Mm -hmm. as he's preparing for, his death. I know. And uh, just the beautiful wisdom that the spirit is, is sharing through him as he's right in the middle of the darkness. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've definitely, I've, I've stayed in touch with that. I've been praying for him and um, what, what a, you know, when I think about that, just in my own life of wanting to, I, I, I just, it's, it's like an empowerment in a way of saying, we can get so caught up in these temporal things. And I want my, I want the listeners to hear my heart on this. Like it's, it's about having an eternal focus mm-hmm. and living in today for the Lord and not for our own selfish pleasures. And it, we don't have to be at the end of our life to have a heart that's grabbing a hold of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think that speaks directly to what you were um, pressing into with, uh, with David Paulison. Um, there's a, it's the gospel coalition. It was the one that I kind of saw from Facebook, but, mm. uh, David Paulison's commencement address, be unafraid to be publicly weak. And that's really what you're pressing into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that publicly weak could be consistent in a community group. Yes. When you're talking at work or whatever, whatever the context is, that's, if you're not at home, you're in public, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and so having it at that level. So that's, that's, and, a and when thing. we're, when we're publicly weak and owning that, um, what, what that gives us opportunity to uh, remind ourselves about as well as those around us is our need for the Holy spirit mm-hmm. that in our weakness, he is with us and he's producing things in us. Yeah. yeah and I think that also can be a counseling as I was having a conversation yesterday as just the counselor. I want to encourage those who are listening, who are actually biblical counselors in saying that at times you can be in the counseling session and feel like such a hypocrite when you leave. It's like, how am I speaking hmm. to this person's yeah. life when like, I sure don't have it going on at home or I'm really struggling with this. And so my encouragement to you is realize that in those counseling sessions, obviously God's going to be speaking to you as well mm-hmm. as you're speaking life into someone else. But The idea is, no, you will never have it all together. So there's always going to be that thing where the enemy can grab a hold of you and want you to feel like a hypocrite or have doubt or you feeling inadequate. But that's where it's not about us. Mm. It's about what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us and then how that pours out and overflows to other people. Yes. So it's great. Yeah. No, that's good. And then so uh, just to just to well, because we're we're already uh, 30 minutes in here, but um. 
So just to kind of close as far as some encouragement to those, not to just counselors, but also to our body, uh, to, to believers in the context that we're in, um, you know, again, coming from the, the conference uh, called to counsel, the reality is believers, we're all called to counsel because we have the counselor within and we have God's word that's speaking to us. And so Jeremy uh, rightly puts in, uh, in, in this particular chapter on page 123, uh, as such, biblical counselors will continually need to consider and do the following. Well, it's not just biblical counselors, because again, if we're Christians, this is this is discipleship. Um, but as believers, even more specifically, is a couple of things that we need to be doing here to to the very thing that we've just been talking about is seek the Holy Spirit to produce humility. Ask the Holy Spirit to search our hearts for selfish agendas or prideful attitudes. Ask the Holy Spirit to convict and bring repentance for any such attitudes. Pray for discernment regarding every situation brought before us. Ask the Holy Spirit to multiply love in our hearts for those that we serve with, for those that we do life with, whatever the context may be. Continually study God's word since through the Holy Spirit, he's discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And Hebrews 4 is another great text. Um, We are absolutely naked before God. We're always public before God, even in our private lives, mm-hmm. we're always public. Mm-hmm. And when we have that at the forefront of our minds, it, to, to David's point, I'm not afraid to be public with my weakness and right. my struggling mm. because internally I'm public before God, the father. And if he's aware of it and he's, he's redeeming me and he's, he's changing me. I, that, so that addresses the whole idea and struggle with the fear of man and the snare of fear of man and, mm. and, and what that all, what, what that all does. And the Holy spirit is simultaneously changing all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so when we have that posture in our hearts of going before the Lord and realizing Shauna, like you said, it's hard to sometimes not walk away feeling like a huge hypocrite. Mm. Um, but you know, and what's interesting about that though, is I think even Jesus hits on that in, in Matthew seven about judging is when we know we're judging rightly, we don't have to feel like a hypocrite mm. because I'm going to have the compassion and love and bringing truth to the people that I'm speaking with in a gracious way, like a Galatians 6, 1 way uh, where, yeah, maybe on a su- superficial level, it feels somewhat, we feel somewhat hypocritical and guilty. But the reality is, is if we know we're being changed by the very truth that we're bringing and we're, we're, we're bringing it graciously and humbly, like we can walk in confidence in that. And that's a beautiful thing. But we just have to have that posture. We have to go before the Lord always continually. Um, anyway, so I could ramble on that's about good. that forever. But um, yeah, just uh, some, we'll some wrap, thoughts there. We're wrapping up the the series and just closing out in this podcast. Just a reminder of the other uh, couple episodes that we recorded uh, to go back and listen to those if you're starting off with this one. And just um, in summary, meaning that or, or knowing that God, the father, what the God, the father purpose, the God, the son accomplished and God, the Holy Spirit applies. Yeah. Jeremy, any, any final thoughts, brother? Just to, to conclude this whole idea of, of God and counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we get, as you were saying at the beginning, we, we get lost in the methodologies and I just want to read one more passage, 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18, because as we behold God, that itself begins to bring transformation. Uh, here, here's these words. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is Spirit. Mm. 
Amen. There's the benediction. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, uh, that's it for us today. Thanks for joining us. 